0: I'm Mike Gorman, and you're listening to the Celtics Pod podcast for Celtics Blog. Here's your host, Adam Taylor.
1: It's the community call-in episode, and we're doing the Is Marcus Smart tradable? And if so, what package should be put together in order to prize him away from the Boston Celtics? I'm joined by my usual co-host, Mr. Tim Shields, and we've got some guys on the line. If you introduce yourself, please drop your name in your Twitter handle so people know where to find you if they want to discuss what you're talking about. If you don't wish to do that, say anonymous and continue.
2: My name is Mark. You can find me on Twitter at mfury38, M-F-U-E-R-Y 38.
1: Let's get this started then. So who wants to talk about, who wants to start this off? Do you consider Mark a smart tradable? And if so, why?
0: Happy to start You know, my thinking on this is that Smart is tradable, and there are several reasons why he's tradable. First reason is in the next year or two, you're going to have to choose between Gordon Hayward and Marcus Smart. You're not going to be able to keep both of those salaries, and they play a similar role for the team. They're secondary ball handlers, creators, and In that role, I think Gordon Hayward is much better at it. The other thing about Marcus Smart is his defense. He's our top man-on-man defender, etc. If you look at the past season, Romeo was extremely good at defense. So wasn't Grant Williams, particularly on the perimeter. Grant was surprisingly good at guarding people on the perimeter. So the two main roles Marcus plays on the team, which are secondary ball, handler, distributor, and defense, we have people who can play those roles. So when you look at team going forward, the guy I think you really want to keep, if you have to make the choice between Marcus and Gordon, is Gordon. The other issue is getting a top player, one more top player. I think this is our last opportunity to get a top five player. And the most attractive trade trip we have, chip we have to get into the top, top five is Marcus Smart. Think about Golden State, who was discussed possibly trading. Well, actually, they haven't discussed it, but it's been discussed. Actually, I think Bob Myers mentioned it to a person of, um, that later was on a podcast talking about it. The one guy who would fit on Golden State next to Steph Curry and Clay Thompson perfectly was Marcus Smart. He would slip right into the Andre Iguodala role there. So I don't think that if you have Steph Curry at 32 and Clay at 30, what you really want is a player who can help you win now. That guy would probably be Marcus Smart more than Anthony Edwards or James Wiseman or anyone else that can get in the top five. So when you put all these things together, given the fact that we have three picks, we have a choice to make going forward between Gordon Hayward and Marcus Smart, and we have he's, – he's our best trade trip. I think the whole thing fits together perfectly that you move him for a top pick, and then you go out and get the piece that you're missing, which is a top pick, a guy like James Wiseman or Aneka Fokongu. Anyhow, that's my argument.
3: I think that's a fair point. Uh, when you look at the contract situation with the Celtics, Oftentimes, even if you just take Gordon Hayward out of the equation because he does have a player option this summer, I think given the cap circumstances, you're going to see Hayward opt into that. I feel like a lot of players, if you sign anyone this summer, most likely it's going to be a one-on-one deal, whether it be a second-year team or player option, um, just to give a little bit of flexibility to the situation. With Marcus Smart's situation, Adam has done a lot of statistical diving into it. And oftentimes, as much of a defensive help Marcus Smart is, it's really difficult to play him on the floor now because he's focused more on the offensive end. I do think Smart is a key, crucial piece. He's the longest tenured Celtic you have on the team. And he's been the heart and soul of this team for a very long time. That being said... It might be a situation now where, as you as you were saying there, Chris, talking about how you have a guy like Romeo Langford who needs minutes. You need to figure out how Gordon Hayward's going to fit with Jalen Brown and Kemba and Jason Tatum, and trying to figure out how those pieces all go together. Uh, putting the Hayward situation aside, just because I think I think he offers a different skill set than Smart does. I do also think you have to worry about Gordon's situation being: does he want to be a third or fourth option on a championship team? Is that what he signed up for when he signed in free agency? So leaving Hayward out of that, it really just comes down to whether you think Marcus Smart is going to bring more value to the table than perhaps getting a guy like James Wiseman or somehow making a move for Okongwu happen. I think the Celtics do need to try and beef up at the five and the four. I've said that for a while now. Mm -hmm. In order to try and stabilize that rotation they have, especially trying to get someone who's a defensive upgrade over Anis Cantor. That being said, I would be really, really hard pressed to trade smart. I understand the logic behind it, but I also I don't know how the fan base would feel about it. I feel like the entire franchise would kind of be torn apart over that just because it's it's one of those moves where he's a heart and soul guy. He's always been there, he's your hustle, he's your quick guy, he makes game winning, game saving plays. It just matters and whether or not it comes down to does his absence help improve the team does acquiring a top five or top 10 pick helped you more than having Marcus smart. He could, whatever player you pick with that pick could potentially help you down the line, especially when it tries to fit into your young core. You do have to think about an eventual successor for Kimball Walker. that's going to play alongside Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, but it's just a matter of this is the move to do it. The one thing that I will say is because of the way salaries are structured and the contracts that they have, Marcus smart is one of the movable contracts they have. And I think it's fair to say outside of probably Jason Tatum. And I would also, I would also include Jalen Brown in this circle at this point. I think those two guys are untouchable and just about everybody else is movable for the right price.
0: I agree with you. You know, one of the things I forgot to mention in, in discussing uh, trading smart is that we do have three picks, all right? We're probably going to have to include one of those picks to, to, to make this happen. And if it's not the 17th pick, you know there are people we can get at 17. Whether it's a guy like RJ Hampton as a backup point guard, or Sadiq Bay as another three and D wing who can shoot 40% from three. I mean, we're also adding another another player. This we would also be adding another player this year who can also help fill some of that role that that, that Smart fills. So um, you know, there's there's more to it than just you know trading Smart. It's just it seems like he is he is the one attractive trade piece where you can move him, you can get your potential superstar, obviously that might be a stretch, in a James Wiseman, but you also have another one or two picks where you can fill in and like you mentioned, we're gonna need eventually to get a backup point guard to, to help take over for Canvas. So, you know, there's more to it than just like, oh, we need to trade smart oh we should trade smart just so you can get a top guy. It's like we have other assets where we can also build and add another place other needs. I mean you know, it was obvious all year that the things we needed were we needed a defensive big or another another big, and we needed shooting off the bench. Well, my point is, is that Smart is the one attractive trade trade where you get both of those things. Now, you're, yeah, you're giving something very valuable up. You're giving one of our top guys up, but I think that we have the pieces where we can replace the things that he gives the team. You know, other than what you're mentioning, like the the emotional you know, hard of the team and all of that. But I think the team will still be fine. You know, and what you said, I agree with a 100%. The two guys who I think are... The only two guys who I think are untouchable right now on the team are are, are, are Jalen and Jason. And then I, I kind of think Romeo's untouchable in my mind, but it might not be in a lot of
1: other. And what about you, Mark? Where do you stand on this? What's your initial reaction to the, the concept of trading smart?
2: Yeah, so my thought is nobody is untouchable ever. It doesn't matter who it is. Someone can throw a perfect deal at you and you have to do it, even if it's someone you don't want to part with. That being said, I'm not on board with trading smart. My biggest reason is I think of the intangibles with Marcus smart, right? We know about his defense. We know he's contributed at times offensively and has looked a little bit better for most of the season this year, Uh, but it's more so like that leadership, Uh, those intangible pieces. And when I think of trading smart off of this team that really seemed to be gelling through most of the season when everyone was healthy or close to it, uh, I think that if you remove him, you could have a repeat of the Perkins trade. When they traded Kendrick Perkins, they got the better player in the deal, but it still made the team worse because they couldn't replace some of that stuff that Perkins brought that isn't really measurable, whether it's on a stat sheet or or what have you. So I'd be really afraid of like breaking up some of this stuff that you can't really see or quantify when you get rid of a guy like Marcus Smart. Uh, He's kind of the unspoken or or unnamed captain of the team. Uh, And on a young team, I think that's a really important role that you're not going to replace with uh, someone in the draft where even if it's at the top of the draft, these picks are crapshoots going into every draft, you know, you have, you know, your top five guys, you think they're all going to be studs, but you go back four or five years from now and you're picking out, you know, for every Steph Curry, there's a Johnny Flynn for every Jalen Brown. There's a, there's a dragon bender. Uh, So I don't feel like the team's in a good position to move smart for something. That's really essentially a lottery ticket.
3: I I do like the compare the park trade, the one thing I will note about that is originally when the Celtics were trying uh, to make a trade happen with OKC, they weren't trying to get Jeff Green. Um, they were actually trying to get James Harden. What ended up happening was is at the time they were committed to try and keep Harden together with Westbrook and KD, and then they ended up parting with Jeff Green, who actually was the pick that the Celtics had traded all those years ago in the Ray Allen deal. Um But that being put aside, I I do have to agree with the intangibles aspect of it. I think that's the one thing that whether you look at analytics and everything like that, adding all those together, there's still a lot that Marcus Barr brings to the table that isn't going to show up on a stat sheet. He's one of those players that impacts the game on a mental and physical level outside of just making shots happen. The one counterpoint to that being is that, Adam, I will turn it over to you in a second about that, but just looking at how his offensive game has negatively impacted the team I think he does take touches away from Gordon Hayward, especially, um, and Jalen Brown to an extent. Jalen has actually worked off of being extremely efficient with less looks, and I just think that perhaps it would be time to try and feed looks to guys who are supposed to be crucial offensive pieces.
1: And I can see we're joined by Nico. Nico, what's your opinion on trading Marcus Smart, especially in the concept of moving up in the draft lottery this season?
4: Um, I value Marcus Smart a lot, but if you're going to move him, he has to be for a high-impact player. Marcus Smart isn't box-score type of guy, but um, he is your sixth man. And if you can get a starter, whether it be for a package, Marcus Smart, the picks we have, even a couple of young guys, because I'm not too impressed with rookies this year. I do like Grant Williams, but I don't think there's a lot of uh, potential for a Smart deal out there currently.
1: So for me, my biggest concern, and I've spoke to people about this, is if you trade up and you move smart and you move one pick alongside it. So I think a package that got mentioned to me earlier today, and I think Chris, it might've actually been you. It was Marcus smart, Carson Edwards, and the 17th pick and you move up. So effectively you, the Celtics are still picking three slash four times if you include the second round pick that leaves you with a bench full of second year and first year guys that to me isn't conducive to winning a championship. How do you guys feel about having a bench that, and this is a possibility regardless if your smart gets moved or not, having that bench that's full of rookies and sophomores and then expecting that team to compete when the playoffs roll around next year?
0: I actually have an opinion on this. The first point I would make is that years ago, we almost made it to the finals with Jalen Brown in his second year. You know, Terry Rozier was in his third year, I think. And Jason Tatum was a rookie. So you know, and that was that was basically hard school this year. Not Al still, but you know, you know, we didn't have Gordon, we didn't have Kyrie, and we still almost made it to the final. So I don't particularly buy into the theory that we can't get there with a bench of rookies. The other thing I would point out is that you know, if you're looking at a bench of rookies who are Grant Williams, you know. Um, Romeo Langford, you know possibly possibly James Wiseman, um, possibly Sadiq Bay, you know possibly Robert Williams. This is a bench that we have controlled guys contractually for another four to seven years. You know we should, if we, if we control the destiny from not being able to match. So it's it's kind of like I'm not I'm looking at a timeline that encompasses like the next five to ten years. And you're looking at Tatum Tatum being a perennial all-star and Jalen Brown also maybe being a perennial all-star. But My point of this is that this is the one year where there's really an opportunity to trade into the top five. You know, if I remember right, the story a couple years ago where Ainge wanted to go after uh, Mo Bamba. Nobody, nobody wanted to trade the pit, end up going to Orlando. No question, is much better than Mo Bamba in my mind, you know? Might have been, a, lot of, a lot of the people talk about him as a potential defensive player of the year. candidate. So we're talking about getting a big, who could be one of the best defensive centers in the league, you know, and also getting another one or two bench pieces, round out a bench with four to five guys who are going to be rookies to third-year players who could be on the team for another four to seven years, go so along with Jalen, Jason, um, you know, and, and, and you know, assuming Gordon Hayward is, if we can resign him for another four or five years, we're talking about building a franchise that you can tend and compete over the next five years. And the one piece that, the one piece that, ha- that you have to sacrifice to get it done would be Marcus Smart. So that's, that's the way I look at the decision. And, and of course, you know, there's, the, the reason why, it only the only reason it comes up right now is because, if you, if you listen to podcasts of these other teams, whether it's Cleveland or Golden State, there's one other, I forget which, all these teams in the top of the draft, I think they're pretty open to trading out of it. You know? So it's kind of like we have an opportunity this year, which might be our last opportunity, to get a guy who gets the top five pick who could be a superstar going forward for the next 10 years to pair against Jalen and Jason. So that's, that's kind of how I'm looking at it. I'm not, I, I understand losing smart and all of you that he brings to but I'm looking at more in terms of the five and ten year horizon of
1: getting another superstar. Who wants to be the first to discuss their feelings on this?
2: Yeah, so as far as the, the draft, I I think that it's easy to or easier to get into that top five this year or, or so we think, uh, because we don't have that Zion or that Lebron or that player who is like without a doubt the next guy. So it's a bunch of Looks like really nice players, players who could potentially be stars, but it's it's not as top heavy as as some other drafts could be. Uh, so, I still think it's it's a bit of a of a crapshoot. You're getting uh, potentially a great player, but you could be getting someone who just doesn't really doesn't really help you at all, and you traded one of your best bench pieces to to do that. Marcus Smart is really one of those quote unquote glue guys that, uh, that is a big part of, uh, a lot of championship teams. Um, uh, and you have him coming off the bench where he would be slotted correctly when this team is healthy. And uh, I think he, he helps you a heck of a lot more uh, than he could as a, as a starter getting a lot of minutes and taking a lot of touches away from, uh, some of the better offensive players. Um, and as to the point of, uh, having you know, a younger bench and having rookies on the bench, uh, we thought that was going to work this year and it really kind of didn't. Uh, Romeo was hurt. So no, no fault of his, but uh, we thought we were going to get something out of Carson Edwards. There was a lot of hype around him coming into the season and through the preseason. And he's really given them absolutely nothing. Uh, and I think it's just putting all your eggs in one basket. If you go to try to get that really you know, young banks, don't have those, that veteran presence that smart brings. So I think the team's really close now. I think they can win a championship. Um, uh, if they come back this year i think they can win this year uh, and taking that piece off of it uh, it could pay off in the long term uh, and in the short term but it could also uh, throw you off track in some unexpected ways if the play, if the trade doesn't work out
4: oh um earlier about the young the young bench i do somewhat agree that uh we shouldn't give up on romeo and carson but I think we can contend now and also go towards the future. Uh, With these draft picks, uh, someone said earlier, it's not really a top-heavy draft. And that could play in our favor with trading up. Um, I don't see why a team like the Hawks shouldn't trade down. Lottery hasn't happened, so don't know where they're picking yet. But if they're slotted somewhere in that 7A area, if they fall down, or even a team like the Wizards, if they still think they can compete, keep Bradley Beal and have John Wall come back, we can trade up. Uh, I've been a fan of James Wiseman or Onyek Elkongwu if they uh, fall that low because Daniel Tice has been impressive. but I don't know if he can be that starting center in the playoffs with if you, if your Giannis, is, your LeBrons, even your Joel Embiid. Um, I'm a fan of the wings in this draft, though. Sadiq Bey, um, Devin Vassell. There's, like, a lot of good rotational pieces that I can see. Who can be young, fit the Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown timeline. Yeah, can help play right now potentially take over Romeo don't want to give up on Roma yet I don't think it's good to give up on lottery talent that early um Carson I literally haven't seen anything out of him Tremont not gonna put weight into Taco not gonna put weight into the one rookie I really liked was Grant I think he's gonna be a longtime rotational piece here in Boston but yeah that's pretty much my thoughts on it
1: so my concern is regardless of whether you move, move a player and whether that be smart or somebody else The team's still going to have multiple picks on a roster crunch. There's going to be, including the picks, excluding the second round, you're looking at 18 roster spots that are going to be needed to go into the summer camp. There's five guys that are on expiring deals or team options, player options, that could not be around next year. Two of those guys are on um, player options, so they could choose to opt in. Daniel Tice is non-guaranteed. You'd assume he gets re-guaranteed. Semi-Ogile is also another guy that could disappear, along with Ennis Kanter and Gordon Haywood. But assuming that Haywood ups in, assuming that Kanter chooses to stay, uh, my assumption is that they're going to guarantee Tice. How do you see these the Celtics fitting who they pick into this rotation? Because then you're going to be looking at as well, well, does Tremont Waters deserve a spot? So if Tremont Waters deserves a spot, do you need to move Edwards to make room? How do you guys see the, the rust logistics and the acrobatics that Danny Ainge is going to need to do? Do you feel like making a trade to move up or to move some of these picks out is going to be more beneficial to a championship run next year?
2: I think a trade's definitely uh, in the cards. Uh, I'm going to say something that people are probably not going to like uh, with this, but I think there's very high potential for a draft in Stash. Uh, we saw it a, a few years ago. I'm bad with numbers of years, but the Jalen Brown draft... Uh, they took Yabusele, uh, they took Zizic, they just stashed those guys because they didn't really have the roster flexibility to bring guys in at that time. And I think that there's a really good chance that we could see something like that happen if they're not able to package these picks and move up or move into future years or get get a vet or uh, whatever it is they decide to do. Uh, I I think we could be looking at uh, maybe hearing a name call that we're not going to see for a couple of years, uh, but still stays uh, under their control.
0: One name, one name that's kind of interesting for draft stash, who's probably going to be available at 26 30, is this this guy, uh, Belmaro, the you know, Argentinian. Supposedly has a great handle, passer, great defender, shots questionable, and he's young. So that's that's someone who, if they're not thinking draft and stash, it's pretty high. Um, you know, one point I want to make, like Nico pointed out uh, Cleveland. That's another. That's another one of the teams that I. That would probably be willing to, to trade trade out of the draft or trade back, uh, so that's another potential. Now, one other point I wanted to make on this idea of trading for a big, and, you know, you look at our roster now, we have five bigs on it. We have Poirier, Cantor, Time Lord, Tyson, and Paco. You know, the biggest concern, and another reason why this whole idea comes up, is, is questions about Robert Williams' ability to stay healthy. You know, he was... Yeah, that tendonitis in his knee, you know, for most of the time, um, college. You know, in two years with the Celtics so far he's been really unable to stay on the court. So that was one of the other reasons that made me think that if you have an opportunity to say the top seven, top five, or whatever it is, get a guy like Wiseman, you know, assuming that, you know, Danny Ainge and making all these guys think that he has the potential to be a star. It made sense was that the, the fact that I don't know how, how much you can depend on, on Robert Williams being the, giving you 20 to 30 minutes a night for easy. Um, you know, there was um, the, the other issue was the thing which someone brought up was, you know, there are there other people in this draft. Like one of the things that I heard suggested trade up and get Killian Hayes as a point guard of the future, or maybe even Tyrese Halliburton as a point guard of the future. You know, I just zeroed in on center because you it seems like nobody really values Wiseman right now or values drafting high. And also because I'm kind of concerned about Robert Williams' uh, health. I don't know if anybody has thoughts on that.
2: Yeah, uh, I'm as you can probably tell from what I've said about the, the pick so far, I'm not – uh, stuck on a particular person or a particular p- uh, position. Um, best player available uh, is uh, is always my way to go because you're not going to maybe see the fruits of the, those picks for a couple of years anyway. So, uh, if there's a, a wing of the future or a point guard of the future that they identify as their guy, uh, I'm on board. Uh, Wiseman is probably the name that that comes to mind. Is if I could take anyone in this draft, that's probably the guy I would go with. If I had number one, that's probably my choice. But uh, if they're able to maybe get up into the, the top three or top five, like they're, it, it's always worth a, worth a shot. And if, if you can get, you know, whether it's a, a ball or a haze, uh, I'm, on, I'm on board.
3: I think it does help, as we've discussed, that it is a difficult draft. There are a lot of guys that you really don't know we're going to come into the league and we really don't know what they're going to bring to the table. There's a lot of guys who are really, really high ceiling, high potential, but they could have a very, very low floor talking about a guy like Wiseman. He's very interesting. We've talked about him um, to some extent in certain pods, uh, previous ones we were talking about uh, back with uh, our Hawks representative, just looking at guys tapes, seeing how they can impact the Celtics on a positive side of the ball in terms of defense, I think is crucial I think if I were the Celtics, I would be looking at a guy like Wiseman just because I think they need to add another big to the rotation. I think drafting the best player available should be a goal, of course, for every franchise, but you also have to consider the roster crunch they have at the two and the three especially. I do want to try and see if they can give Tremont Waters some run. That also is going to be something that plays into that Marcus Smart situation because if you're giving Tremont Waters minutes – Are you having smart run at the one or the two when he's coming off the bench? Tremont Waters is small. He's not going to be able to play the two. Uh, If you're looking at it from a situation with Romeo Langford, are you playing Romeo Langford at the two? Are you playing him at the three? I think if you drafted Romeo Langford in the lottery, you need to give him minutes in order to develop. And right now you have a lot of wings and a lot of guards. So, and you look at all the picks they have too. They've got three first round picks this year. They've got the Bucs, they've got their own, and then they have that Memphis pick, which is looking to convey around 17. So with that being considered, a trade is most likely going to happen. I think a draft and stash would be good, but I also think it's not ideal. If you look back at that situation with Gershwan Yabusele and also Ante Zizic, you're looking at guys they had to put overseas, but right now where the Celtics are, they are a piece or two away from being a legitimate contender. I think right now they're a contender, but I think they could really solidify that opinion if they go out and they get guys who can immediately contribute. And with this draft, it's a little bit dicey. So if you're taking a shot, you have to be really, really certain that it's the guy that's going to help you out. Whether you move Marcus Smart to go ahead and get one of those picks to land that guy is up for debate. I just think with the given salary situation, you have to worry about Tatum's extension mainly you have to think about the future and you have to look at what the pieces that you have uh, consolidation trade, whether it be moving some of these smaller guys or consolidating picks to try and move up. Who knows? I do think that if you're looking at a team like golden state right now, they're more likely to move the pick if, and only if they are ready to try and make a couple more runs at a championship, which they should be given their circumstances. They're just trying to get healthy, but if you're Golden State and you're sitting there and I could say, well, if I draft ball, I might have the heir apparent to Steph Curry. I know that's like a big if, but it's still a possibility. From Golden State perspective, I think it makes less sense for them to trade that pick unless they're getting a surefire piece that's going to really, really bolster their bench or allows them to acquire another star to add to that nucleus that you already
1: have. Give me a congru. That's all I need to say. For me, if you're going to be moving up or if he's available at 17, which is so unlikely, it's untrue. For me, Akongu is going to be the most surefire guy for the Celtics in terms of play style, in terms of fit, his athleticism, his defensive ability. I don't know whether I'm comfortable saying definitely move smart to move up to get him, but. As far as I'm concerned, if you're go- if you're picking on best talent available and you're looking for somebody that you can plug into this rotation now to increase your second unit's defense to offer vertical spacing, off pick and rolls to offer a love, well, that's what the love for it is, to offer perimeter defense on switches, then you need to go after somebody like a I like Wiseman too, but I feel like Wiseman's got such a small sample size of his skill ability at the college level that it's very difficult to judge how well he's going to translate into the NBA, which makes me uncomfortable so, suggesting or talking about making a trade deal to move up to go for Wiseman, whereas Okungu has enough in the bank in terms of reps, in terms of playing against college level guys that will moving into the NBA themselves, that for me, he feels like a Brad Stevens guy. He feels like the guy that they need to be talking about in the front office and maybe scheming about moving up to get him in terms of wings and, and guards. I feel like, and Chris has said this to me before, and I kind of agree. I feel you can get those guys with high floors, low ceiling, high floors, So they're going to be, they're going to be a role player, but they, that's all they need to be right. Is um you're going to get them at the back end of the first round anyway. So I don't feel like you need to worry there. Again, my biggest concern is roster crunch, if you're going to make a trade and you are going to move up for a then you need to start clearing out some of the dead wood on the bigs. So Ennis Cantor might be needing to get moved. Vincent Poirier will need to be moved. And then if you've got a Kongru, Grant Williams, Daniel Tice, and Robert Williams, then I feel like that's a very good big rotation that could last you for the next five to six years.
2: And I think a Kongru is probably more attainable than Wiseman. Uh, what we we've been hearing about Wiseman for for a long time, so for some good reasons, some bad reasons. There's enough of a sample size in college to to know that he's probably going to be a good player, uh, and he's also a potential pick. Uh, but he's going to take, I think, a lot more to get. He's a top three, top four guy, um, and I'm just not sure that you know Marcus Smart and 17 or uh, whatever. Collection of pieces you can uh, throw in there is going to be enough to get you into the top you know, top three top four uh, to make that move um, I honestly don't think that it's going to be you know really close to what what could get them there uh, you're giving up a guy who you think could potentially be a star and most scouts think is going to be a star for uh, you know, a bench piece and a couple of uh, picks in the middle to, to late first round, it just doesn't seem to, to fit from uh, from my point of view. If I'm, you know, Atlanta, Golden State, or Cleveland, or or whoever, uh, and uh, and looking to move out of that spot.
0: That's the yeah, end
4: oh, you can go. Yeah. go right ahead. Well, my my biggest concern with trading Marcus Smart, especially for a high pick like Okungu, is that kid's gonna have an uphill battle right off the bat. Uh, it, trading Smart in seventeen for, I don't know, top five pick, would probably be a win in, with any other player. I view Marcus Smart as a six-man as best. But uh, the fan base loves Marcus Smart. You need a kid, if we're going to trade up, using Marcus Smart that has a strong head. He's going to have to be able to produce right off the bat. Just to please the fan base, I'm okay with him if he's struggling from the very beginning, he's a rookie. But there could be a concern there with his development if the fan base is bashing him. I know the Boston Celtics fan base is a passionate one. But uh, that's that's my... Probably biggest concern about trading up using smart
0: i was going i was going to say that um you know one thing about this draft that adam and i discussed is that there are a lot of bigs good big back half of this draft so it's not like we need to trade up you know it just it was it was a discussion when every, when all these other teams started saying hey you might want to trade out of the top five that's where the whole discussion started you know i don't, I don't really need in this draft. If we trade up and we get a Congo or a Wiseman, I think that's going to be really good going forward, personally. And if we stay packed we use, say, 17 and 26 or move 30 or something like that, I think we're going to be fine. I mean, we could get a guy like Sadiq Bay, and Paul Reed or Grant Reller or any of these guys or this Angela room. So we can pick up good bench role players in this draft if we don't trade up. So, you know, it's not like you have to do this. It's not like a burning thing. But, you know, the one thing I would say with a guy like the Congo is, you know, if you can trade two years of Marcus Smart's contract, and maybe in the 17th pick. I prefer to keep the sixth pick in Carson Edwards, to be honest. But, you know, if you can get a guy like Tristan Thompson for the next 10 years to pay, pair along Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, it, it, when you have Romeo Langford and, and Grant Williams sitting on the bench, back up Jalen Brown. I mean, I think you have to do that. You know, you're talking about getting a center who can do all the things you need for the next 10 years. I think that's the piece that's really going to get me over the top. So when the whole idea of what to do this year comes up, I think it's almost a no-lose situation for the Celtics, which is kind of nice.
1: Tim, what are you thinking?
3: I think we've talked about it a lot in terms of just how many draft picks they have. I think... I think regardless, the Celtics have a lot of ammo to pull a deal. I think there was a reason why they didn't go ahead and dump picks to get, you know, Davis Bertans. even though I really, really wanted him. Uh, trying to add a piece of the deadline, there's a reason why they sat Pat. I think when it comes to the draft, you can look at teams who are cash strapped, don't have first round picks. Uh, teams like, I don't know, for example, Houston. Houston's a team that doesn't have any future first round picks for a while. Lakers are also another team that is stripped for picks because they go ahead and they make these deals. And granted, they are for superstars, but making big splashes like that generally cost you in the long run. So the Celtics are really in this interesting situation where they're able to contend without going ahead and shipping out picks for an Anthony Davis. And now they have that flexibility. First round picks are really, really important if you're a contender, but the one gripping constitution of that is that you need to hit on those. So regardless of whether they draft and stash or if they combine picks to move up or they combine picks and players to move up, I think the one thing it whittles down to is the Celtics really need to make sure that they make this pick work, whatever move they make, uh, whether it be, I think there was, what was it? Popotenko or something like that. The big guy, plays over in Europe. He was, he's a potential guy. you draft. He he's an immediate offensive impact, but he also is a very raw project. So I think I am on the line along the same lines as Adam, where I think Okongwu is a guy I would really look at. Wiseman's interesting, but I also worry because you don't really have any tape on him in terms of college ball uh, due to his ineligibility to play. So from a Celtics perspective, I think they just have to make the right move in terms of combining those picks. I don't think you have to trade smart. If you think trading smart will somehow help you alleviate problems, not only with your bench in your starting unit, then you make the move. Or if you're worried about long-term salary cap issues, especially with how COVID is going to impact the salary cap for next season as well, it makes sense. But in the grand scheme of things, you can't just trade him in order to try and move up in a draft that no one's really crazy about any of these guys in the top 10, except outside of maybe two or three. So that being said, I think Danny age is going to make a move. I, I don't know if it's going to be something like they move into the top 10 and snag a guy like a Kongwu, but I, I would hope so. I think, I think the Celtics know what they're doing in this sense. They, they aren't one to rush trades uh, as we talked about before with the Mobamba deal, that was one deal I think they should have made, especially when you look at the offers that were going to be there. That was one they were talking about, I believe, moving. I think it was Terry Rozier they were talking about moving at draft. night. And Now in hindsight, just based on how that Terry Rozier situation kind of blew up in the Celtics' faces, he didn't accept his bench role. Uh, he was pouty. He didn't play into it. The only time he was really playing was when he was starting. And then he went on that, that whole really negative media tour Uh, in his free agency so I just don't want that to happen with Marcus Smart I don't think it will I think Marcus Smart is one of those guys that understands his role and I think it's just a matter of getting this team healthy and maybe maybe that will change a little bit if we get back to play which seems to what we're doing now so I think how the team performs in the playoffs is going to give an idea about what they need to do with the draft Uh, that will really be I think the way that the Celtics are going to find out what the next step is.
1: So I think that pretty much wraps up the discussion around Marcus Smart. It's one of those conversations that's never going to have a clear-cut answer. As Nico pointed out, the fan base would riot if he was traded. As Chris pointed out, there are benefits to moving Marcus in the sense of trying to add pieces that can provide you with a long-term outlook on the bench that can really solidify that rotation for the next five to ten years. Mark made some great points, especially when looking at the draft and, stash, draft and stash, blah, 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 prospects due to the amount of picks the Celtics have and the roster crunch. And Tim, as usual, gave some level-headed... That's going to be the best way I can describe it, and it's him level-headed.
3: Oh,
1: Yeah, i will yeah, be nice. Some level-headed <laughs> discussion points. Hopefully this has gave you some food for thought. Now we know that the NBA will be returning, so will these community callings on a regular weekly basis. We're still going to be doing our draft profiles for each team. We've got a few of those lined up. And if I can line some great guests up, I'll definitely be doing that too. It's getting a little bit more difficult now due to everybody starting to gear back up and waiting for some form of basketball to resume.